Hey there, friends. My name is Drew Daniels, and I'm so grateful to be with you on this week's podcast. Nicole's out for a bit, and you heard from Aaron last week, and this week you and I get to study the Bible together. We're in a four-part series on the questions Jesus asked, and this week we're going to look at a question that Jesus asks in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus says, who touched my robes? <laughs> or who touched, who touched me? Who touched me? It's a crazy story about Jesus' healing power and a woman who's been sick for a long time. And we're going to look at the New Living Translation and we're going to read Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 34. So let me read the passage first and then we'll talk a bit about what the passage says, what's the backstory, what does it mean, and what can we do with this information? Where can we take it from here? Mark chapter five, verse 21, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? (laughs) Or maybe he said, who touched my robe? Or maybe he said, who, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. All right. There's a lot going on in this passage. Let's start by breaking down. What does it say? What are What are just the surface level observations that we can make of the passage? Well, Mark tells us that Jesus got in a boat again. So Jesus had been traveling by boat and he went to the other side of a lake where a large gathered around large crowd gathered around him. The crowds are pressing in on Jesus. He's starting to uh, have an audience around him at this point in his ministry. And there's a man from a local synagogue who comes up. And says, will you come help my daughter? She's sick. Jesus is known as a healer. And it seems that people would gather around him when he would do his healing work. And Jesus sets out to go help uh, this man and help heal his daughter. And meanwhile, in the process, Mark takes us into the inner world of a woman in the crowd. 
The crowd is all around Jesus. And yet somehow Mark zooms in on this one woman, this woman that suffered from bleeding that has had this illness for 12 years. And she knows that Jesus is a healer and the doctors haven't been helpful to her. The very people that were supposed to give healing to her have actually just taken from her and she's given a lot away. In fact, it says that everything she had was used to pay doctors and she hadn't gotten better. In fact, she had even gotten worse. So she was in a desperate state and Jesus is walking by and it says that she thinks to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. And sure enough, if she reaches out and touches his robe, she is healed. And two things happen in the text. Immediately, she feels that her body no longer has to suffer from this terrible condition. She's been healed from it. Jesus realizes at once that healing power has left him. So he stops. He stops everything he's doing. He's on a mission. He's going to help this uh, synagogue leader uh, with his daughter. And he stops everything. He stops where he's going. He has an important thing to do, but he stops and he searches the crowd and he asks, who touched my robe? Who touched me? He searches. His disciples are like, Jesus, listen, (laughs) you got a big crowd around you. You got a gig at Jairus's coming up. And who knows, Jesus, if you keep doing all these awesome healings, maybe you'll be at Madison Square Garden by this time next year. Like you are really starting to gain a following. Like, hey, the crowd is pressing in. We got to keep moving. And Jesus stops. He stops. He says, no, I'm not moving on until I figure out who touched me. And we see that this woman is feeling frightened by something. Um, something inside of her has, uh, is, is terrified. She's been healed, but she still has this fear and anxiety in her. And so she comes forward and she tells Jesus what she's done. And Jesus looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. As I read this text, an image comes to my mind. God doesn't put band-aids on hatchet wounds. When Jesus does this healing work for this woman, it's not enough for her bleeding to stop. There's a deeper healing that needs to happen. God doesn't put band-aids on hatchet wounds. My daughter scraped her knee a couple weeks ago. She's two years old and, uh, you know, we've all had bumps and bruises in our lives, (laughs) but for a two year old, this was a big deal apparently. And she was screaming and crying. And I, I ran over and I scooped her up and, uh, there was a little bit of blood and we wiped it off, but your normal run of the mill scraped knee and we put a bandaid on it, but she was still crying. And she needed me and her mom to console her, to hold her. She had experienced a trauma. Yeah, she just scraped her knee. But she wasn't better just because we covered it with a Band-Aid. There was something deeper going on. She needed that to be addressed. Her suffering needed to be addressed. It wasn't just the pain and the scrape and the blood, but it was what was going on deeper in her heart. God doesn't seem to put band-aids on hatchet wounds. Jesus stops everything. He feels the healing power go out from him. 
which means he had some sort of sense as to what was happening. He, he knew what healing power felt like. It also shows that it cost Jesus something. He lost energy and he needed to stop. So many times I find that I keep moving even when I lose energy. But Jesus, Jesus stops. He stops when he loses energy because it wasn't enough to just have a transactional healing. He needed to figure out who this person was. He needed to go a little bit deeper. A bit of context is helpful here. In Mark chapter 3, we see that people are coming to Jesus in droves as they hear about some miraculous things that he's been doing, including healing. And, and we see that people are touching Jesus to be healed. They're just touching him and getting healing. So it would make sense that this woman would have known that Jesus was this uh, kind of guy, that there was an effervescent, there was something about his very nature that if she could just touch it, she could be healed. And so she goes for it. The healing cost Jesus something. He lost energy. And when he loses energy, what happens to the woman? She's healed. So the healing energy goes out from Jesus and into the woman. And why is this, why is this sticking out to me? I think the reason it sticks out to me is because it's a transfer of energy. The energy didn't just disappear from Jesus. It appears to go into the woman. In other words, there's a connection that gets fused between them from the moment she touches his robe and experiences healing. In that exact moment, they now are connected in a certain way. In the same way that a doctor or a physician who goes to give surgery to someone comes out with sweat and blood, with a sense of relief that the surgery has happened and it's done. And at the same time, an exhaustion, a healing energy has come out of that doctor and gone into the person who was laying on the hospital bed. But it cost it costs something and there's a connection now that's fused between the doctor and the one whom has been healed. When that person wakes up, they will associate that doctor with their healing. Whenever healing occurs, there's a connection that's made. And Jesus wants that connection to go deeper than the surface. He's not just in this so that this woman can have a transactional healing from him by touching his robe. It seems that he wants to actually identify her. That he wants to stop. That he wants to acknowledge what's happened. He wants her to acknowledge what's happened. And he wants to go deeper so that there can be more healing at a core level where she actually needs it. Healing from her suffering. There's also more going on here for the woman. Because it, as she notices that her terrible condition has been healed. She still is fraught with fear and anxiety. As Jesus is searching the crowd and he's looking around to see who might've touched him. It says that the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell on her knees before Jesus. Her pain was now gone, but her suffering seemed to still be there. Her pain was gone, but there was something deeper. The bleeding had stopped, but her heart was not settled. She was fearful. This woman had been 12 years suffering with this condition. 
12 years of being like this had to have affected her psyche. How she experienced herself, how she experienced the world would have been through this lens of this hemorrhaging condition that she had. Her identity had likely been intertwined with her malady. So she may be healed, but she's also lost a portion of her identity. What has defined her for so long is now gone. And in a way we would say, oh, isn't that relief? Like she no longer has all this pain. She's no longer bleeding. But imagine how it would also be incredibly disorienting. I was suffering from a shoulder injury for a very long time. And by the time it finally healed and even some of the like injuries that came as a result of it finally healed, it took me a while to learn how to like walk with better posture again and, and to go to the gym and exercise as if I hadn't been injured because I had experienced that injury for so long, it became a part of me. And there's something disorienting about that. Even though you're grateful that the pain is gone, it still causes you to wonder, who am I? What's, what is my identity at this point? I've always associated myself with my suffering. And this is why I think it's so compelling that Jesus tells his disciples that he's not going to move on. He's going to find this person. This is why I think he asked the question, who touched me? Because Jesus isn't just going to put a bandaid on a hatchet wound. He is not just going to allow this woman to experience some healing and for her to go on with life because he knows that she would still be carrying her suffering with her. The impact of the wound can last a lot longer than the wound itself. And we've all experienced this in some way, shape or form, haven't we? For example, when I came off of that shoulder injury, I was favoring it for a while. And this caused another injury in my rotator cuff. In other words, because I was still favoring my one shoulder, even though that injury had healed, I caused other injury in my body because I was still operating out of my suffering. The wound had healed, but the impact of the wound was still there. Addicts, those of you who have gone through AA or Al-Anon, you get this, don't you? We can find our lives in this state where our suffering drives us to something uh, that can help self-medicate things. And when we take that away, for a while, it can be really disorienting. Yeah, the bad thing has been taken out of our life, but it was so fused with who we were that we're completely disoriented. The impact of our suffering is still there. And Jesus came to bring the healing power of God's kingdom. In John 10, 28, Jesus says he came to give eternal life that no one will perish and, and that those who he saves and offers eternal life will not be taken away from him. This woman gets healing from Jesus, but he is not going to let her be taken away from him by some crowd. <laughs> if you are stuck in the crowd, if you are stuck in the chaos, God will stop everything to find you and say, Hey, there's more healing work that needs to be done here. If you've reached out to Jesus and you've even experienced some surface level healing from that interaction, Maybe you experienced God's love in a way that helped you come to terms with some of your own shame, guilt, whatever it might be. And yet you're still limping along, limping along in life, carrying some other wounding, some other baggage. God does not just want to slap a bandaid on your hatchet wound. <laughs> he wants to go deeper. And that's what he does with this woman. He is determined to find her. 
Jesus ensures with absolute certainty that everyone for whom he purchased redemption actually accepts and receives it. This is not just physical healing, it's soul healing. And it's the reason Jesus came. Healing is more than a surface level work for God. It's a deep inner work and it happens through intimate knowing. When the woman comes forward and she falls before Jesus, he calls her daughter. He calls her daughter. He redefines her identity from the woman with the illness to now his daughter. It's not just a surface level healing. He's going to the core of her identity and he's saying, hey, you and I, we're connected. (laughs) We're connected now. And yes, you've experienced this healing, but it goes even deeper than that. You are daughter. You are no longer just a woman that's bleeding. You are daughter. There's something else really profound that happens in the passage. Maybe you noticed it as well. The passage is almost uh, anxiety producing in the way it talks about the crowds and the crowding and the crowds are closing in and Jesus is looking around the crowds and trying to find this woman. And it's clearly a lot of people packed together. And yet in the moment when the Jesus, when in the moment when Jesus and this woman interact, there's no sense of the crowd. Listen, listen to what happens in verse 31 His disciples say, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? And then in verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. It's like in a movie when like you still see that there's a ton of people around, but the camera goes into slow motion and everything gets blurry except Jesus and this woman that's somewhere in the crowd. He stops everything And in doing that, he's inviting her to stop everything, to not just move forward and say that I've experienced a healing from my condition, but that I can have healing from my trauma, from my suffering. He stops everything, which invites her to stop everything, and she does it. She falls on her knees in front of him and tells him what she's done. She doesn't tell the crowd what she's done. It doesn't say anything about the crowd listening in, although I'm sure they were all still there. It's like that movie sequence when everything slows down and Jesus says to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Your suffering is over. Her pain was likely not over. Her body, her capillaries still had to close up. All the blood that uh, she had lost would have taken its toll on her and there would be healing work in her physical body that would still have to go on. But her suffering is over. God stops what he's doing to address our suffering. So what do we do with this? If this text demonstrates to us that God will stop whatever he's doing to help us more fully be healed, What do we, what can we do with that? What's a takeaway? Maybe it starts by asking yourself the question, do I have an area in my life where the healing is not complete? Maybe you've dealt with the surface wound, but is there more happening under the surface? A good litmus test, litmus test for this might be, are you experiencing a lot of emotional triggers in your life? Like, are you finding yourself, uh, getting upset frequently or angry frequently? Do you find yourself carrying a lot of resentment and anger? 
Do you find yourself like this woman fearful? If that's the case, maybe there's something at a core level that needs to be addressed. Maybe you were anxious when you left your job a few months ago because you thought the company was the problem. They, your boss was giving you all this anxiety. The, the company, the way they were organized was giving you all this anxiety. But that same anxiety, anxiety, has it followed you? <laughs> has it showed up in this new job that you're in? Yeah. You have a sense that there's more to it, but you're afraid to stop. You're afraid to step out of the crowd and address it. But maybe Jesus is looking for you. Maybe he wants you to be truly healed from your suffering, but it's going to require that you stop. You're going to have to stop and come forward in vulnerability, just like the woman. But God shows us that in pumping the brakes and stopping things and taking some things off of our calendar and taking time to just sit and process Maybe there's a trauma in our past. Maybe we need to go seek actual professional counseling. Maybe we need to sit with a group of trusted loved ones. Maybe we need to sit in silence alone for a bit. But in stepping out of the crowd and into this space, there can be deep healing. Because the woman wasn't going to be healed if she just kept on going after her bleeding had stopped. It wasn't enough just to touch his robe. Maybe Jesus asked, who touched me? Because deep down, he wanted to touch them. And he knew, he knew that she would be walking off with a giant hatchet wound in her soul with a band-aid to cover it up if she didn't stop as well to be touched by him, to be known, to be loved, to be re-identified as his daughter. Whew, so much here. All right. Well, as I go forward, I'm going to go in a knowledge that Jesus might be looking for me to heal and to make me whole. And maybe you can step forward today experiencing the same thing. All right, everybody. Until next time, I hope you have a good week. Thanks for going on this journey with me. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site, in today's show notes. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.